0: This podcast is Intel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Intel app. Hello,
1: welcome to the Big Scuba Show.
0: Hey
2: everyone, my name is Becky kagan Shot, and I'm a professional underwater photographer. I'm really excited to be here with Gemma and Ian on the Big Scuba Podcast to talk about uh, my adventures and everything in diving.
0: back to The Big Scuba Podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Ian, I'm one of your co-hosts, and with me in the car is...
0: Gemma, hello everyone.
1: The other uh, half of the podcast. Oh, the
0: other. I wonder what you are going to say then.
1: <laughs> so, uh, thank you for downloading this podcast. Um, if you're wondering what it's all about, we talk about diving, and scoop diving, and free diving fun on the water, fun under the water.
0: Yeah, and anything ocean related in terms of ocean conservation and people doing great things around the world. Yeah,
1: usually we talk to explorers and people are doing crazy things either under the water, usually under the water, but sometimes <laughs> over the water as well. But uh, if it's some connection to the water, we want to talk to them and get them on and get their story. Let's talk about go diving Show.
0: Yep, so Last weekend awesome, we huh? went to the go diving show. So that was the first one proper show in a couple of years.
1: Hello to Mark, Kenny and Luke and Ross for making a, a great show.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was really good. We went on the Friday to the trade show and then the Saturday to the open public day. So yeah. did,
1: let's know. Did you go? Did you go? Let's know. send so your feedback? What did you think? Cause it was really good, and everyone's there. So, um, who did we see? We saw Steve Batchel talking, and Monty,
0: and
1: uh, Branver, Maria, follow up, talking about their uh, expedition to Mexico,
0: yeah, and the cenotes and the caves. Yeah, uh, Marcus. Ros Lund, she did a talk on the Friday. Uh, he was Alex doing...
1: Mustard, he was doing a presentation on the photography competition, yeah.
0: Marcus Greatwood, he was there about no tanks and uh, diving, yeah. So that was really good. That
1: yeah, was. And I think there were some various other speakers on Sunday. We weren't there for Sunday, No, we?
0: but there was plenty there to keep everybody occupied. Oh, so. loads. And then yeah. there were all the stands as well. So plenty of people had, uh, like, tourist agencies had travelled to be at the show. Yeah, loads. Selling well,
1: their... Hey, what's his name? Is there? Chris Mears, yeah, Chris Mears, Confessions of the Dive master. He was there. We nearly walked past Chris. <laughs> we and did. Recognize him, didn't we?
0: Yeah, so he was there representing the Philippine Tourist Board and yep. Scandi Divers, which yep. is really good. Um, and he sold a couple of his books. So, and then we saw obviously big partners to us, Fourth Element, O3. Yeah. 03. 03, yeah. Yep. And yeah. it's great to see people actually face to face because we've only met them on Zoom.
1: Yeah. So Andy Rose, Sai. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we talked about the, uh, talking him about the experience of diving.
0: Exactly, and he's you know keen on getting people snorkeling and he is, yep, yeah. promoting yeah. that. So we saw Blue O Two. Um, yeah. They had a big stand there. So I go, Alison. Hello, Alison. Alison. Yes. Uh,
1: Simon Rogerson walked about. We saw Paddy. Had a chat with them for a bit. Kubi, water. Kubi.
0: That We've got a new
1: friend at Cooby.
0: Peter Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And we're converted. We're going to get dry gloves. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I am actually. I think I am. I think
1: yeah, I definitely. Uh, wait for the summer when I'm back in my O3 uh, semi dry suit, and then send my Ex-
0: yeah.
1: dry suit off for the, getting ready for the winter. Yeah. Trying to do more winter dive.
0: Because yeah, it is a bit chilly, but yeah, if you look up Gooby Gloves and uh, they're very helpful on their sales side,
1: brilliant! Yeah, yeah it was really good, good to
0: try yeah. different
1: gloves, and now now I know what I size you are, <laughs> what size gloves <laughs> I need to yeah. get.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so and
1: my friends are 3 you I'll we'll be having a chat with them about getting my suit over to them to,
0: yeah, and we saw the guys there, there, Sean and Marcus.
1: Yeah, that, that was really good to catch up with them. And as you say, so nice after all this time. You know, what are we now? Over 100 episodes in, two years in. And
0: we've not met um, these people. some of Well, not, we went row
1: three, didn't we? Yes, you
0: know, yeah, we, but a lot of other people actually face-to-face and shake yeah, hands. So,
1: shaking hands was a bit weird. Yeah. I hadn't done that for a while. Of a sudden, it was like, <laughs> I was all sudden I haven't shook so many hands in the last... It felt like all, almost a Pope to know that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we bumped into a couple of people um from Ilkston and Kimberley yeah. tobacco Group. Yeah. So and yeah.
1: George. Yeah.
0: So there was a few other faces there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was good. I really enjoyed it. So
1: it was, it was really good. And I think there was when you look around, um, there's a lot of smiling faces, we've got a new yeah. friend got a new friend at the R N L I. Yes, yes. I couldn't get away from it. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just pay a fiver. Donate. i just donate <laughs> five. Can you just lay it. <laughs> <laughs> You're big and scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, the BBMLR were there. So, yeah. Um, Woodland Trust. Woodland Trust. Yeah. Bizarre. Oh, so, he
1: yeah. did look a bit lost up there. Though, and yeah. So why am I die from? diving? Show?
0: But then you go, you yeah. need trees to keep... Uh, you
1: do need trees. Trees yeah. are
0: very important. They oh, are. So... Yeah, so all in all, it was a great... So there's a
1: challenge for you all today. When you listen to this, when you finish with this, go hug a tree. Or,
0: really even important. better, donate to the that Woodland Trust. Only £3 pounds for three a tree. £3
1: to the Woodland Trust. Yeah,
0: so you can give them a the shout-out. Right, what's next?
1: Uh, what are we going to talk about? Diving. Diving? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this is a diving podcast.
0: Yeah, and we went diving, didn't we? I know, how cool is that? So, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so,
1: hmm. number 40, what for you? 46. Number 46. Yeah, we just
0: did one what I call, say, proper dive. Um, yeah, so, if, so we haven't
1: dived for a little while, so we went to Stony Cove, kept on the shelf.
0: Yep. No I, more than 10 metres, we agreed. Yep. So I had a new dry suit to try out, which yep. was the 03 um, suit that they've uh, given me. So, so we so stayed on the dive, shelf.
1: So you dived in your new suit. How, yep. did, feel, how did that feel?
0: Um, it felt different to my fourth element, Hydra suit. Um, it's a little bit more roomy around the legs. So I mm. felt air in my legs for the first time, which was a bit unnerving to be honest, because I'd never felt that before.
1: Is that where you cool?
0: No, well, we'll come on to that. <laughs> um, and I had to put more weight in, so I struggled a bit. To I get don't down. think you needed it. I think it's the first dive in a while, maybe. Yeah. So, and that's really cold. I
1: think yours was really, like
0: <laughs> we're sitting, really cold. We're sitting looking at the sea and the lifeboat's out. It's on its training, Sunday morning training. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so other than that, that, so that was a new bit of gear to try um had an issue with my snorkel catching on my I, don't, I still don't
1: understand how you managed to do that.
0: No I don't no, I don't know but yeah that was a bit um
1: not caught you your snorkel um God. caught on your first
0: stage yeah and I couldn't you turn my head which you could your head <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what had gone wrong <laughs>
1: and then five minutes later you done it again
0: yeah so that was um so live and learn so
1: yeah there's a place for a snorkel. There is something. a place for a and snorkel. We won't mention names, but someone did say to us.
0: Why are you using a snorkel?
1: Why are you wearing, wearing, a, <laughs> why are you wearing a snorkel? And anyway, there's a place for a snorkel. It's
0: all part of the learning curve. It certainly is. So we did, I think that was about 25-minute dive, 30-minute dive we did. Yeah. It was quite cold towards the end. I felt right. It
1: was five degrees. Um,
0: Just hands.
1: And we weren't that deep. Like I said, we, we agreed as part of the plan that we weren't going to. Well, Go any deeper than 10 because you're trying a new suit and we haven't dived for a few months.
0: No, and it's yeah, the first so dive in a of, while. So,
1: it really nice and easy, just bimble. bimble about, um, see the wildlife and um, check everything's all working. My, my suit had just come back from 03 yeah. after service, um, so I wanted to get that, um, and yeah, we'd just try some bits and pieces out and that was really good to get back in the water
0: it was yeah so just a little bit cold on the hands was busy it was for, and we went that was a Wednesday midweek yeah so, so
1: Stony Cobra, that. Yeah. Was really, this was really good that went too bad at
0: yeah that. temperature um, was 5-6 five, five, degrees, degrees Yeah, yeah
1: and uh, after about oh, about 25 minutes I could feel my fingertip
0: yeah it was going I was like Ooh! Core was lovely and warm. Head was fine. Yeah. It was just fingers. Fingertips. Yeah. So hence the dry gloves. Hence the dry gloves, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So And then we jumped in again, not for a dive as such. It was just like Fourth Element have given us some Yes, Yeah, so they. we wanted to
1: try out the masks, uh, fins. So we had the rec fins.
0: Yeah, scalp scout masks. scout masks. With the new uh, strap attachment.
1: I, I've got to say, you know, I've got... Um, I don't think I'll probably mention, brand, but I've had the same mask... Since roughly I've been diving, mm. uh, so I've done sort of 300 dives. Um, actually, I will say, I think that's fine to say. It's yeah, a Hollis, Hollis. Yeah. It's a Hollis uh, MK3, and that's a bulletproof mask. And it's used up and down the, the world, I'm sure. Um, and never let me down. It's been a brilliant mask. But I have to say, these new fourth element masks, the vision in them yeah. are <laughs> absolutely awesome
0: and this is a selling point of them they've got uh four different lenses uh that you can intermingle between Very clever. yeah uh, especially the scout the scout mask is out on release now so yeah. that's got four different lenses you can configure it's got two different colors go
1: configure.
0: Go configure. yeah you've got a white uh outer silicon or a black and then you've got four different color straps developed.
1: personally i wouldn't choose to go for white mask just me that's just me i prefer black stuff yeah so i would go with the black but I've got to say, that more importantly, the vision um, is, wow, that is awesome. Yeah. And I, I know for getting a mask glass that clear, you'd pay a lot more than what Fourth Element are asking for their masks.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, have going a
1: look. on what else is out there, not mentioning brands, up and Fourth Element on that. But um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, brilliant.
0: Yeah, definitely check out Fourth Element. i say well done, Fourth Element. Mm. Do Clean. Yeah, and I then the rec fins. So they're um, natural rubber and recycled uh, yeah. materials, which is obviously they come in two colours: white and a green, and a black and a grey. Yeah. Um, and I wore those, and they've got kind of bungee straps on, but a plastic uh, yeah. configuration, which was they're really easy, very comfortable. Uh, slightly longer than my Tusa fins. I really, but on. Well they with weigh
1: it. just under a kilo, didn't they? We, mm. we I
0: need to weigh my two-some ones to see. How yeah, much they I weigh.
1: think you'll find that they won't be far off the no. same weight. No. I know my um, accelerating fins are about the same. Yeah,
0: but they looked, you know, they look really smart as well, and then they go with a white.
1: But mask. they're finding a home for all these plastic bottles and
0: things mm. like that.
1: So yeah. that's really cool, and uh, I think we're right in saying this. We could be wrong, but uh, I think Fourth Element are the first
0: to mm. come out
1: with this idea of using recycled plastics in, in fins. Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing is recyclable afterwards. And when you order them online, it doesn't come in packaging and things. No, it's a it cardboard has, box. It, it ca- yeah. It, and, um, you know, and the, the tech fins that come, all they'll have is a clip and a band.
0: Yeah, it's like a D-ring, wasn't it? So you yeah. can attach it to your BCD and make use of it, like upcycle it, reuse it. And then the REC fins just come with a plastic, uh, a an elasticated, yeah. um, sort of recycled Bunchy. material. Yeah. A big elastic band, basically. It really, elastic, band. really, really good at Fourth Element. It was.
1: Yeah, it was really good. Um, we've done one video on the Scout mask. Uh, and uh, there's some more to come shortly, once they come more public.
0: Yeah, um, and the Rick Fins as well. We'll probably need to get those in the pool. Yeah, and
1: yeah get that all done. Um, so watch out for that um we'll be sharing that when we can uh but yeah thanks to fourth element for uh giving us some things there to try and uh, trust us with that stuff
0: yeah and links are in the show notes to the products
1: yeah right okay well we better get to our guests so so thanks for joining us that's really good of you to uh give us some of your time today uh so the obvious question to go straight in with who and how did you get into diving
2: Oh, isn't that always like the loaded question? Uh, I have always been attracted to the water ever since I can first remember. So uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I wasn't really close to the water, but there was just something about it that just, I don't know, I was just drawn to it. So I started to get into aquariums when I was about 10 years old and that got me interested in fish and diving. And for Christmas, my parents got me a a, a subscription to Skin Diver magazine. This is in like 1993 or 94. And uh, I don't know, I just, I I looked at the Skin Diver magazine and I was like, I want to be a scuba diver. So when I was 12, I was uh, fortunate enough to be down in Florida on a trip with my dad. And uh, there was a dive shop attached to the hotel. And I begged him to let me try to to do a scuba course. And uh, he said yes and changed my life forever.
1: Wow. Yeah. Isn't that the great thing about scuba diving, that once you start, you just don't know where, you, where it's going to take you and, you know, look at where it, has, where it has taken you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure everybody kind of feels the same way who's addicted to diving. But I, I know from that first breath I took underwater, I, I knew that I was going to do this the rest of my life. I didn't exactly know what I was going to do because I was 12, but I knew scuba was going to be a part of my life forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So did your career immediately take you or diving take you into a career?
2: So, I uh, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, um, uh, I we moved to Florida when I was 13. So that really opened up a lot of possibilities for my diving and being so young and my parents didn't dive. So uh, I had to dive wherever I could. So I started hanging out at the dive shop and doing you know, dives with classes or wherever I could. And when I was 14, um, I did what any normal 14 year old would do. And I took a cavern diving class because I was surrounded by underwater caves living in Florida. And there were all these scary signs saying, you're gonna die if you go in here. And so um, I, I just wanted to expand my horizons a bit and open up more possibilities in my diving because when you're 14 or when you're that young and your parents don't dive, you're kind of limited on places that you can go and things that you can do. And uh, I couldn't afford to go out on boats all the time. So I was diving the springs in Florida, which were either free or really, really cheap. So um, I did a cavern diving class, which was sort of my first introduction into technical diving. And uh, after that, I did become a cave diver when I was 16. And, uh, and I just sort of fell in love with, with tech diving. And along the way around maybe the time I was 13 or 14, I did start taking a camera with me. And it was, uh, my first camera was a disposable, uh, it was a housing that you put disposable cameras into. So it was super fancy, Um, but I did get into photography just because I wanted to show my family and friends what I was seeing, but I had no idea that this was the direction that I would go in life. I just enjoyed it as a hobby and just showing people the amazing things I was seeing in the underwater worlds when I first started.
1: That's really unusual um, and it's very rare. I can't think of another guest who started diving at so young, mm. um, not diving, but tech diving so young to be tech diving at 16. What sort of depths were you doing, you know, at, at that age?
2: Well, at that age, I wasn't probably going beyond recreational depths, So, you know, 30 meters or 130, yeah. feet, somewhere around there. But I mean, because most of the caves in Florida, there, there are deep caves. But most of the caves I was diving, like Ginny Springs or Little River peacock, they're around 70 to 100 feet deep. So okay. I was I was decompression diving and yeah. I mean nitrox was sort of still a new thing at that time. And when I did my my intro to cave class, the instructor just sort of, combined in decompression procedures and nitrox all in one and kind of was like, well, you're going to need to decompress, you know, we're going to use oxygen. And uh, yeah, this is this is what we're going to do. So um, it was uh, a little more less formal than things are today. But, uh, you know, it was, it was still great instruction learning from some of the the old school cave divers of the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. And what did your friends think?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure they knew what to think. And, and I mean, they're just like you're doing what on the weekend? You're, you know, <laughs> you're you're diving in some hole in the ground. It's dark, isn't that scary? Isn't it cold? You know, isn't it claustrophobic and tight? And you know, again, like I started literally taking pictures in the dark, so that's why I wanted to to pick up a camera and kind of show them. No, it's mm-hmm. not scary. It's it's actually really cool. And I didn't mention this, but it's funny because I got into diving because I love fish and turtles and sharks, and I love reefs and. I found myself, like I said, at a very young age, all of a sudden in caves and not on reefs at all and in freshwater environments. And even today, I do probably more freshwater diving than I do saltwater, but um, I still have a passion for for marine life. But it's uh, it's funny because my friends would say, oh, you know, don't you want to go dive a pretty reef? And here I am mm. in a in a dark cave. But I loved the I love the planning and the technical aspects of it. And it wasn't something I thought about when I first got into diving. I was only thinking about reefs and pretty fish. And I just really loved exploring and finding this whole new place that I'd never seen in magazines or read about or seen on TV. So that was pretty exciting to me.
0: Wow. Amazing. So, yeah. so, so from obviously um, caves, did you then kind of extend it into maybe deeper water, open water dives?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So I did a lot of cave diving. I was only about an hour and a half to two hours from most of the caves. So by the time I had my car and I was 16, I was doing lots of diving, uh, lots of caves until I was 18. And then when I was 18, I became um, a Nawi scuba instructor. And also uh, then I I was allowed to officially um, take like a trimix class to then start to look into deeper caves. So so I, I did Trimix uh, when I was, actually I was closer to 19, I think, when I did Trimix, but uh, I was really excited because I, I wanted, at that point, after a couple years of diving a lot of the Florida caves, I really wanted to see some of the deeper ones like Eagle's Nest and Indian um, uh, dive Holder and some of the ones down there. So, so I did Trimix and uh, that's actually what led me to rec diving though, was because the Trimix instructor had to do the course on uh, in open water on shipwrecks. And at yeah. the time, I was kind of like, eh, wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like in Florida, a lot of the shallow ones are, are like piles, these just look like piles of metal, or they're artificial reefs. They're not super exciting. Uh, and then I got my first introduction to real wrecks with real stories, more intact wrecks. And so my trimix instruction also opened up another door to, oh, wow, OK. Rex, Rex really can be interesting and fascinating and um this is
1: something else i'm going to have to, uh, to it's quite interesting to. that um you've kind of captured the broad spectrum of diving where a lot of our guests they kind of get more focused on one thing or mm. the other usually if they get into cave diving they don't normally then do wreck diving it's and uh do you find that Jim?
0: Yes well there's a lot of people we've spoken to have just kind of gone down one road and they only want to do wrecks and they're not really interested in yeah the fish and everything but it's a it's good to hear that you've got that kind of broad um, view of everything.
2: Yeah I I do hear that a lot Um, and sometimes I I get stuck on one thing like for a long time I'll do a lot of wreck diving and then sometimes people forget that I do cave dive or shoot in caves or that I I do dive, um, you know, and uh, I I do love big animals and sharks and turtles. And I was just in Antarctica shooting penguins and seals. So, I mean, it's, I I like variety and I can't imagine just picking one type of diving and doing it the rest of my life because I really, I find all of it fascinating. And I really like the skill involved with each type of diving because Mm. each type of diving, kind of it really brings out a different skill level I mean with with ocean diving I mean if you're hot dropping a wreck and you're dealing with currents and lift bags and and marine life and there's other hazards and then you're in a cave and it's it seems more controlled but there's just there's so many different elements that I I love and I love mastering all those or trying to master I never feel like I'm a master but trying to master all of those skill sets
1: and, and keep up on them yeah do you, are you, are you still learning? You know, how do you think with all the diving that you've done and you've been diving what, 24, 26 years, something like that. Um, do you, you know, and you look at some of the diving experiences that you've had or, you know, from diving around the world, diving the glaciers, have you, do you think you get to a point where there's nothing else to learn? No.
2: And I, I think anybody who says they know it all, um, I, you don't, you'll never know it all. there's, you know there's always something new to learn or something to go back to or or a new skill or you know like over the last couple of years I've been learning to dive a side mount rebreather. Okay, great. Yeah. I've been on other rebreathers for 13 years, but a side mount rebreather was new to me. So I mean there's I think there's always something new or a new environment to check out. And I mean you guys know as divers, whether or not you dive the same place all the time or you you mix it up. It's, it's never the same, you know, maybe mm-hmm. yeah. you're not the same, the environment's never the same. So I never, I don't think you ever stop learning. A funny example for you, when I was just diving in glaciers in Alaska a couple months ago, uh, it was the coldest <laughs> weather I've ever experienced in my life. It was negative 26 Celsius. And I mean, I've done a lot of ice diving all over the world and a lot of extreme places, But I'd never been in surface temperatures like that. And we were really remote. We had to fly out to this area in a helicopter. You know, we're gearing up pretty fast because it's pretty cold. And I want to get in the water because the water is like 40 degrees. It was like a lot warmer (laughs) than the air. So I'm trying to get in the ice cold water to warm up. And I I dipped my mask in the water to just get the defog or just defog it. And it froze instantly. Like it was a block of ice. And I sat there and I just looked at my mask kind of sadly. And I chuckled to myself because I was like, wow, in the 26 years I've been diving, that has never happened. Oh, wow. never. And and then I looked around going, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? My mask <laughs> is frozen. <laughs> so, no. so yeah, I learned something new a couple months ago. Don't so do what did you mask. do? water um well i put it in the water to defrost it which is funny because it was zero degree water so i'm trying to defrost my mask in the freezing cold water and then um i, I put it on and i had to actually just let my my body temperature my face warm wow. up the mask and i was just scratching at it with the dry gloves and finally <laughs> the ice came off the the mask but it took about five minutes so here i am inside of a glacier you know it really feels a
1: bloke <laughs> There would be another way you could possibly
2: defrost it. I just thought of that. Typical you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. Yeah, I don't have one of those in my dry suit, but you <laughs> and right. you're
1: like, a no, You have to think of these things.
2: <laughs> when it, I had a spare mask, but it was in my pocket, which was already submerged in the water. And I was thinking, I'm like, should I grab that one? I don't know. But it was just a funny, like one of those moments you just laugh at yourself and go like, wow, that has never happened before, and I don't know what to do. Like, there's. <laughs> That's not in any training manual i've ever read but yeah. the other trick if you get really cold i always like to pull the hood over my bottom lip because like then and then put the regulator in but then it just keeps my bottom lip like nice and warm versus like having the hood down like down here with a bit hard to
1: keep your regulator in
2: yeah sure exactly if it's tight you know it just helps you know helps keep it all in there are always so.
0: challenges aren't there yeah. <laughs> wherever so what was your um what what's been your recent trips involving?
2: Well, I have been, uh, lately I've been traveling quite a bit, which is super exciting after after the last couple of years. So um, I've always, I'm always diving in the Great Lakes. I love the shipwrecks, so that's pretty local to me. Mm. Um, so I spent about six weeks in the Great Lakes this year. And then I went off to Croatia to um, do some photogrammetry. I've been really into 3D photogrammetry in the last two years. Uh, so one of my goals was to do a 3D model of the B-17 Uh, flying fortress out there so I I got that done in September October and then I um, did this glacier diving this Alaska Mm -hmm. glacier diving uh, for Seiko Um, I've been working a lot with Seiko watches so I was up there and I organized this entire expedition and pulled it together and so yeah we went diving inside of glaciers in November and then six weeks later I was in Antarctica so I just got back from
1: Antarctica (laughs) I did both poles in six weeks
2: that's amazing that's quite
1: a claim isn't it you know (laughs) How often do you, in a lifetime, do you get a chance to do that?
2: I know, not often. I mean, I, I sometimes will do both, but maybe six or eight months apart from each other, not this close. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I find myself, I've only been home for not less than two weeks now, and I find myself going, God, why am I so tired? I should, I should have more energy. And then I think about, I just went to literally both ends of the planet in the yeah. last, you know, two months. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm tired, but it's totally worth it. And um, I'm just excited to be back in the water. And I, I love ice diving. Uh, growing up in Florida, I never thought I would ice dive. Nice. But I do a lot of it now, and I, I love it. It's, it's fun. It's dynamic. Like, diving icebergs is just so unique. And um, diving inside a glacier was probably the most unique diving I've ever done in my life.
1: Can I um, ask you, you know, when you know, you're know you doing something which most uh, divers probably will never get to do uh and ice dive and you know how do you prepare for that for that extreme cold because you, you we've you know you, we, we wear a dry suit and thermals and uh i, I know with cold water how will that kind of get you in the head with the that sharp freezing cold how do you deal with that that's a really good question and
2: I think it's just doing a lot of cold water diving. I mean, over and over again, doing it repetitively. Yeah. As I, I do remember, the first time I started diving cold water, yeah, I felt like pins and needles, and my hands felt like they were going to fall off after 20 minutes. And now I can stay in the water for hours, and yeah. I, I almost feel like it's it's not human because I, I can stay in the water for that long. Um, but I've also de- I've also learned dressing properly over the years and really what works for me personally with what undergarments work and what dry glove system and and certain yeah. obviously dry dry suits and s- certain kinds of hoods that keep me warmer um I definitely am a gear nerd and I love like trying out different types of yeah, dry tech gloves diver, of course you are of course of <laughs> course yeah so I mean I, I love trying out different things because I don't know maybe something's better something's warmer so I just would keep trying different equipment and talking to people I consider experts and trying what they like until I kind of found a combination that works for me. But it's crazy because now I don't, especially diving in like the Great Lakes where it's maybe three, four degrees on the bottom. I used to feel that like in my mm-hmm. my lips and my cheeks and it would really hurt. And now I don't feel it at all. So I don't know why. And I, all I can think of is it's just repetitive diving in cold water, maybe some yeah. nerve <laughs>
0: damage. I don't know. You must acclimatize. It's a bit like cold water swimming. You know, you just, a lot of people just get used to it, don't they? And they can just like take it. Whereas that, us.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, that, like I said, and just dressing properly. And then um, when I have my camera in my hands too, and if I'm really interested in what I'm seeing, whether it's a shipwreck or marine life, I really, really get in, enthralled with that. And so I kind of stop thinking about the cold and, and how my body feels until maybe my, my hands are are frozen, but um, and I'll be honest, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I just, yeah, I just I know my own limitations as well. I know about how long I can spend in whatever temperature waters. And if it's yeah. a deep dive in the Great Lakes and we're diving in 60 meters, well, I, I know how long I can spend in that kind of cold water versus maybe where I'm snorkeling in Antarctica, the water's colder, but I'm just snorkeling or diving very shallow. So I, I kind of know my limitations in different water temperatures.
0: Yeah, so do you log all your dives?
2: No, <laughs> uh, my, my computer logs them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I should. I stopped logging a long time ago, and that's that's bad, but uh, you know, logs I do find could be really helpful, like just knowing. What undergarments? How much weight you use with certain undergarments and layers and fresh and salt water? So sometimes I, I wish I did because I think back and go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm go okay. I'm going back to Antarctica again. It's been two years. What combination did I use, or how much weight do I need? Just because then that sets you up for success. You could just jump in the water and go versus trying to fiddle around with with weight. But um, yeah. now I, I I should. I feel guilty not logging my dives.
1: Yeah. I, I was looking at your, you've got an amazing photo. So you got the photo of the B-17 in that like Croatia, isn't it? Where you recovered the uh, co-pilot. Have I got that right?
2: Uh, yeah. I wasn't part of that expedition. Uh, Phil Short was uh, yeah. the one that, that did that. Um, and I think they did that in last year in 2021, oh, okay. or I'm sorry, uh, 20. I'm sorry. They did it in 2020, I believe. And then oh, okay. I was there in 2021. So last right. year. Um, and I just did the photogrammetry model of of the shipwreck, so I've been really getting into to the three D photogrammetry, and um, I've been on the, sh- the B seventeen before uh, a couple years ago, and it was one of the most intact aircraft I've ever seen, and obviously it has a really meaningful story with the the pilot who yeah. remained in the in the wreck until a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, I I really wanted to photograph it artistically the first time I was there. And then I had been hoping to go back in 2020 to shoot a photogrammetry model and just never got the opportunity to. So it was really great to get back there uh, in October and, and finally get that done because for me, doing the photogrammetry uh, in these three D models has really been a learning curve. Another another thing I've been learning. I mean, that's that's what I did in lockdown. A really good friend, Marcus Blanchford, and uh, who's also lives in the UK. He he helped us. He's helped me out tremendously in learning photogrammetry, and uh, I really wanted to start applying this new skill to really mm-hmm. interesting shipwrecks. Um, or planes, aircraft, things like that. So I mean, this is in 230 feet of water. So it's at like 70 something meters, 73. And uh, so it's pretty deep. And I mean, so there's limited time, and it's pretty big. So I try to plan it out in my head uh, in advance about how I would go about doing it. And I tried some planes in my local quarry. I I love my local quarry. And it really helped me figure out what I'm going to need to do once I get on the B-17. Because aircraft are hard because of the the um the shapes of them and the two mm. the tubular aspects and then this yeah. one has all of the the four engines and getting around all of those engines and all of the propeller blades and just everything was was um, more than what I had expected, but I did get a lot. I did 35 minutes of bottom time since the water is pretty warm out there, and I covered a good deal of it in that time. Um, and then that night, I put together a quick sparse cloud to look and see what I got of the of the plane, and thought, man, I missed a couple couple pretty good areas of it, or I'd love to add to it. So we went back again the next day. We were fortunate yeah. enough to do that. And uh, I shot another 30 minutes on the uh, on the aircraft and then got to put together this uh, 3D model of it, which uh, I'm very happy with because it was the deepest photogrammetry model I've done to date. And it was a very, very difficult one just with the sheer size and all of the angles um, that you had mm. to, to get underneath of the wings. And it was, it was a difficult undertaking, but- Yeah, I bet, um,
1: especially yeah. at those yeah. depths as well
2: yeah for sure just the limited time i mean there's i've been doing some deeper ones in the great lakes and it's cold but they're they're not as difficult being um more just intact like shipwrecks with different kinds of lines to them so mm-hmm. the, yeah. the plane was was a lot more difficult to yeah. to
1: capture i've got to pass a message on to you uh phil phil short says hi and from him and richard oh that's awesome Tell <laughs> well hi guys if you're listening <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it must be great to get all these connections with these amazing divers around the world, because it it just seems it's, you know, it's worldwide, but it is a small world, the diving world, and you you all come together to do different projects.
2: We do. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about diving is that we are, we're a family and it doesn't matter, you know, if we've, we've met or dived together, we all kind of understands, we, we understand each other. And so um, we go on some amazing adventures together or projects and, you know, nobody will ever really know what those are like, except for the, the people that were there and involved. And so um, it means a lot. And I've made some of my best friends in the in the diving world.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I bet. So what are your plans for the coming couple of months? Have you got anything that you can tell us about?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, things are constantly evolving. Uh, Unfortunately, my second Antarctica trip just got canceled. So I was supposed to be in Antarctica for about a month uh, in, in March. So that's not going to happen now, but, um, but that's okay because there's, there's always something exciting coming up. Uh, Like I said, I've been doing a lot of work with Seiko watches and we're going to be doing um, a cave shoot soon. So I'll probably get in the water, maybe down in Florida or Bahamas or somewhere and just uh, get back into my side mount rebreather since it's been a couple months and just start, you know, practicing my skills. That way, I'm I'm ready to go for whenever whenever we do that shoot. And I may have another photogrammetry project coming up as well. So, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, an archaeological project. So I, I can't talk about that one, but it's uh it's very it sounds very exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's really really interesting. Yeah. So in terms of kind of career paths, because we see divers, it suddenly takes them down a career path. So has the photography been your complete that's how you started on your career path?
2: No, not really. Um, so, I mean, for me, photography started out as a hobby Mm. and I didn't really think that I was going to turn it into a profession. To be honest, I thought that was more of a dream and it's, I knew it was competitive and, uh, I didn't, I mean, it, it takes a lot. (laughs) It definitely takes a lot. So my, my, actually my first career path in diving was becoming a dive instructor. So, yeah, I became an instructor when I was 18 and I taught all through college and I still teach, uh, but I only teach uh, rebreathers now. But um, I mean, I I took that career path first. And then uh, when I started getting better at my photography, uh, I started getting hired by some gear, dive gear manufacturers. um, And I call them happy accidents, but I would accidentally get, you know, maybe like a dive right logo on a hood or on a light in, in, in a cave and they'd go, oh, we'll buy that, you know, we'll buy that image from you or, or trade you for some gear and you're like oh wow okay so I started learning I need to focus on like logos and stuff so um, so yeah so then I started you know dabbling a little more in the photography area and I decided to make a jump and go all right you know what I do want to do photography and documentaries how do I do this and luckily I was still in college at the time and so I switched my major from marine biology to journalism because um, I, f- I found that I would probably Be able to get more work, uh, you know, with, you know, writing background and uh, with maybe a TV, uh, different TV background and editing and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually started working in television news for about six years because that was a really great way to learn and make mistakes. And it's similar to underwater because it's run and gun. Uh, you don't know what you're doing most days you walk in and they go all right you're gonna cover um you know a alligator in backyard pool or a city council meeting or a crime of some sort and you've got to go and quickly think on the fly you know make sure you've got good audio lighting everything put a story together uh, yeah. you make your mistakes you learn from them at the end of the day and move on so yeah. um, uh, when I, I was fortunate that when i was about 25 i started i mean i started shooting i was shooting the whole time i never stopped i never stopped diving um since the time I was 12, I never took any breaks, even through school. I do all the time where I was teaching. And, um, so when I was 25, I was already starting to dive rebreathers. I was a trimix a cave diver diving wrecks. And I got hired to do my first documentary for discovery channel. And so, um, that's when I knew I was like, all right, I'm, I'm doing something right here. And, yeah. um, you know, then I, I definitely decided to take that path and, and keep going forward with, uh, with documentaries and photography. But for a long time, documentaries have been more of my work than, than still photography. So uh,
0: Certainly impressive list. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: I think uh, if anybody is listening that does want to do this kind of work, you definitely have to diversify because if you put all your eggs in one basket, um, it, it does make things a lot more difficult since it's all freelance work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just doing documentaries was very difficult because especially when you're first starting out and you're, you're trying to get work and you might have you know, months of work and then months of no work. And that's very stressful because uh, it's not a not normal everyday paycheck kind of thing. So, um, you know, having the diving background and teaching diving helped supplement when I wasn't, you know, doing a lot of documentaries. And then doing the still photography work helped because I could write articles about my, my trips. If I led a trip somewhere cool like Truck Lagoon, I had my photos and I could write magazine articles, which also helped. So mm-hmm. I think doing as much as you can um you know uh,
1: to to diversify yourself is really important that's a good life skill actually isn't it you know for for, even for non-divers is you know to protect yourself you know because when you uh leave school you kind of think well i'm gonna be i'm gonna do this and then things happen and something might take you down a completely different route and it's good to broaden And, and you've certainly done that you know uh made sure that you have covered different angles by doing the journalism and the diving as well so what would you tell you know if you had had a chance to tell your younger self who's now going to go for a first dive you know would the, would you whisper something in your younger self's ear and say this journey you're now about to go on what would you say oh that's a great question
2: um i mean cuz i don't know that i would do anything differently. I i mean, I don't regret any of the different paths that I've taken, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably just tell myself, to just, just keep going. Like you're, you're, you're on the right path. Don't question, don't question any of it mm-hmm. because you know, sometimes people plant things in your ear and go, oh, you know, you, you're not going to be able to do that the rest of your life, or you're going to need a real job. <laughs> and you know, it's definitely a real job. I still get asked that today. Like what, no, really, what, what do you do? I'm like, really, I, this is what I do. I, I do make a pretty good living off of doing this. So um, yeah, I would just say, don't, don't listen to anybody else, but, but your but yourself and, you know, you, you know best. So, I mean, just yeah. don't, don't doubt yourself. I I guess that's what I would tell my younger self, don't doubt anything, just keep going.
0: Yeah, go with the gut instincts and yeah, just get it done, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So over the years, um, so just this week we've been sort of involved with Fourth Elements, Uh, they're launching new gear and they're very ocean positive. Um, Obviously, you know, they're looking at ways to minimize plastic. So have you seen any differences as you've been diving over the course of 20 plus years in the marine environment?
2: I mean, I think everybody is going to see differences. So yes. Um, But again, I've done more, I would say more freshwater diving, Mm. especially in the last like probably 15 years. But even in the freshwater environments, there are differences. Um, Say in the Great Lakes, there's invasive species that have been introduced uh, to the the Great Lakes. Uh, In Florida caves, you definitely see the water becoming more green in in a lot of the cave systems, maybe due to pesticides or things mm. that people are putting on their lawns. Um, and all of that does affect, you know, the oceans. And sometimes, you know, I I remind people like, okay, if you love the ocean, like start with start with things in your own backyard because the springs and the freshwater systems, they matter because those are going to run out to rivers, which are going to run out to the ocean. And maybe mm. that's what creates your red tides. So you know start with things right in your right in your backyard but yeah i don't but i wouldn't say i see a lot of plastics like on my most of my dives like in the ocean mm. so yeah. i think that's good mm, yeah. yes
0: yeah no it's good but it, yeah it's also good people are really taking a, a keener interest in you know just making a little difference will yeah all we'll will go towards yeah. a bigger cause
2: yeah like i saw i think a video christina zanato just posted uh her some pictures yesterday and uh she was picking up plastic mm. on the the bahamas there and yeah it was a lot on the on the beach so um you know that that makes me sad and i hope people realize that you know you've got to you've got to start taking care of things you know now yeah yeah no it's all uh
0: yeah we've all got to look after it it's the only one we've got (laughs) exactly yeah it is and
1: um i know christine is always sharing about these sort of things but i often think the what happens next you know because if it just ends, ends up in uh, landfill, all we've done is moved it from one spot to the other. Mm-hmm. How do you then stop it actually happening in the first place? Um, so that's the kind of the next thing I think we've all got to look at.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think this this uh, pandemic is going to be really, really hard on the environment because of all of the disposable... Uh, yeah, it's nice. Disposable mass disposable plastics. I mean, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the States here, if you got takeout food, especially during the pandemic, like say nachos, everything was in its own little tiny plastic container, mm. sour cream to the salsa. And it's just like, you have like 15 little plastic containers. And I mean, it's it's a little um, overwhelming to to see and think about. But um, yeah, I think that- I,
1: I never I, get that. I never get that mentality of you wear a mask and then you take it off and you drop it on the ground. Yeah. And you see it and you think, well, I see a lot of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do see a lot of that around here too. Just, yeah, just especially at the grocery stores and other places, just sitting on the grounds, which is, which is pretty sad.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, there are good people that pick them all up and uh, get rid of them. So I
2: haven't seen any in the ocean yet. So that's, that's That's good. good. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, 4th mm-hmm. Element does amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but I just got one of their new undergarments
1: that I'm excited to test what, the, out. Um, the Nasa, the one that they've done with Nasa, with the gel. Is it called the
0: Halo? Is it something? Yeah, Yes. Yeah, the
2: Halo AR. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I just got it this week, and so I am super excited to, to try it out. It is a lot, it's very different than the original Halo, which I've been using for about nine years. So oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got a zip
0: it's, down yeah. under... So it keeps all the front warm, doesn't it, rather than the zip down the front, yeah.
2: So. Yeah, it's got like from the side. Yeah, so I haven't gotten to try it since I just got it, but uh, I'm pretty excited because it's a lot thinner than, I mean, they say it's their warmest undergarment yet, um, and it's it's a lot thinner than the old halo. So I'm, I'm super excited to try it. And They're also, out
1: there, aren't they? You know, they are, um... You know, looking at different ways how they can improve things—not just the—not even just the garments. You know, even the packaging to send yeah. products out. You know, that's how far forward they are. And I think there's a lot of companies need to look at that and say, right, we need now catch up.
2: Well, they said they were going to do that by 2020, and they—they they did. I mean, they stuck to their yeah. word, and they've taken it even further. So um, I, I love working with companies like that who are innovative. They care about the environment, and they make amazing products yeah. on, top, on top of all that. So, um, you know, I've been a long time, well, we've supported each other over the years. So I'm very proud, proud of that and proud to wear their, proud to wear their stuff.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good to hear. Yeah, and it's been, a yeah, quite an inspiring week, you know, because they say we can't wait for the government to change things in the ocean. We've all got to do it ourselves. And yeah, just being a bit more, you know, ocean positive and, you know, wearing the right gear and it really helps
2: yeah i'm all about inspiration as well like um i I think you know especially through imagery i really hope to inspire people whether they're a diver or non-diver when they see my photograph my photos and just go wow this, this world really exists. And this is an amazing place, like somewhere like Antarctica, that, you know, not a lot of people will get to ever go to. And here you are in this magical environment. And you you want to see it stay that way. Like, I don't want to go back in 20 years and say, oh, and I used to come here 20 years ago, it used to be like this. So I definitely, you know, hope to inspire people to protect places they might be able to go to or may never see in their lifetimes, but yeah. know that they're there and they do exist because, Sometimes you get caught up in everyday life and you forget that, you know, you know, there are, you know, all of
1: these these amazing mm. places. Who inspires you? Oh,
2: that's a great question. Um, a lot of people have inspired me over the years. Uh, I have had a lot of instructors that have inspired me, uh, a lot of friends that have inspired me. I think throughout different times in my life, um, and and just decided that's how I've decided to take things to, to different levels. Um, but, you know, I'd say my dive buddies for one, just because they support my, my crazy dreams and work and they're always there for me. Uh, you know, sometimes when I'm like, hey, let's go here and do this. They're just like, all right, when do we go? I'm like, really? Uh, so, I mean, Wes Skiles was a big inspiration for me. Um, i didn't know him very well before he passed away but with cave diving and photography he was obviously a, a huge inspiration um nowadays like i love pete mesley like he's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's fantastic i love his energy and how he just gets people going about about diving and 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 keeping people diving and keeping people involved i think that's really important yeah. um, like i said my friend marcus blanchford who who has inspired me to take up photogrammetry uh yeah there's there's so many so many people it's I think we can something from each other
0: yeah 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 so that's a good way to lead into one of our questions we ask um every guest we have on so if you could take three people diving they don't have to be divers but you just take them underwater they can be past present who would you take and why I think I would take first.
2: I would go diving with my original scuba instructor, who taught me when I was 12. Uh, her name was Sue Smiley, and uh, we did keep in touch over the years, and we did get to go snorkeling with manatees together maybe 10 years ago. But I would love to go diving with her now and just be like, you know, yeah, you know, look, you know, look at what you did, look at who I became, <laughs> because she was super, super passionate. And uh, you know, I remember sitting in her class when I was 12 and looking up at her and going. I want to be you. Like, I I want to do what you're doing. I want to teach scuba diving. This is, you know, you're really cool. So I really admired her a lot. And um, so I would love to go diving with her again since, since uh, it's been, I think since like 1995. So that would have, that would have been great. Uh, I would definitely go diving with Jacques Cousteau because who doesn't want to dive with Jacques Cousteau? That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last person I would dive with would be my mom. And she's never, uh, I've tried over the years, but she's a great snorkeler, not a diver, but I would love to just take her on like a really epic dive and just like show her, you know, just the, how I feel about these places. And I know she gets it, but I would just love to
1: take her there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. great choices.
1: They are. yeah. Okay, uh, another question for you. So we give you a billboard and you can put an image on it, a video, a statement one of your photos anything you like but you want to get a message out there to the whole what wo- wide world what are you going to put on it
2: <laughs> um <laughs> you can, you're gonna to have to edit this one out covid can fuck off <laughs> <laughs> we can leave a- it <laughs> That's the only thing that I can think of right now. I'm I'm done. I'm ready to go. I am so over all of it. Uh, but no, um, I guess in a more inspirational thing, or uh, if I had a billboard, and I could put anything on it, I guess I would just put something like explore your world, because there is so much to see and maybe just a really epic picture of like a shipwreck or Antarctica or somewhere somewhere really magical, because um, even if it's your own backyard, or if it's a really awesome trip somewhere, I think there's always something to be discovered and something really interesting to find. So um, I just would encourage people to get get out there and explore more.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think our preview we've had Phil Short on and he said, you've just got to find the magic in every dive. And you know, that no matter what kind of diving it is, it's just it is true. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, like I said, even my my own local quarry. I love diving in my quarry, and people like stick their noses up at it. But uh, I mean, it's fun. Anytime I feel like anytime you're underwater uh, and you're with friends, I mean, how is that bad?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and especially when you think back to like lockdowns and the COVID days, and when you couldn't dive, you couldn't go out, and then the chance to go and get a dive in, or snorkel or swim in the river you know it was amazing it was like yes that was great
2: I know I almost cried the first time I was like I I was out with friends and we just did a great day of diving and then we sat down in a restaurant and I was like oh my god we're in a restaurant (laughs) I almost cried because it was like it just was overwhelming but I mean I those were things that we took for granted that I I hope we don't take for granted moving forward because Yeah. Those are the things that I don't know about you. Those are the things that
0: kept me going. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it just makes you realize and appreciate, yeah, what life is about and when we're stuck a little bit, but yeah, hopefully we're on the right path now.
2: I hope so. Yeah.
0: So So through your career, your diving, is there any kind of nugget that you could say to a diver or non-diver that you think would be valuable to them?
2: Hmm. I would say, you know, follow your gut and inspiration is all around you. Um, And so is adventure. I mean, just get out there and just immerse yourself in it literally and figuratively. Just don't be afraid because, you know, the only one that can hold yourself back is you and Mm -hmm. just push yourself to get out of your comfort zone. And it's not, it's not fun at first, but the only way I think to grow and and do what you want to do in life is to push yourself and get out of that comfort zone so um that that would be my biggest piece of advice
1: brilliant yeah, that's brilliant advice that is because <laughs> yeah. you know life doesn't happen but it doesn't generally come just comes to you. you you have to go make the effort to get out there and do it and, and you followed your dreams and you know that's been amazing
2: yeah, it's um, you know, a lot of times uh, I'll hear, "Oh, you're lucky." I'm like, "No, no, it wasn't anything to do with luck. Uh, it was a lot of hard work, yeah. and um, you know, over the years, and I'm still working at it every single day behind the scenes that that you'll never see. But when you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a lot of hard work. But you know, I I do feel fortunate, but at the same time, I I work hard to make these things happen and make them come together. And uh, when one door closes, I've, I've never thought on it too long. I just went, all right, well, what's the next path? Like, yeah. how do we move forward? And, you know, where am I gonna go now? So um, I, I think that's also just a, a good attitude to have in life, uh, no matter what, and not focus on the negative, but focus on
1: the positive things yeah. and, and how such you a positive way of thinking that is, and um, yeah, that's brilliant.
0: Yeah, every day is an adventure
1: it is and look
2: forward to the next one because there will be yeah. a next one so it's uh yeah it's good
1: so for people who want to follow you um uh, who uh maybe hearing f- about you for the first time i can't believe that's true but you know for people who do want to follow you and, and they want to see what you're up to next when you're next going to one of the polls again or whatever where are they best to, to go to to keep keep a track
2: I would say probably the best place to follow me right now is on Instagram. Uh, I post a lot on Instagram. I do post a lot on Facebook as well, but Instagram is probably the best thing. I've got my website, liquidproductions.com as well. And megdiver.com. That's my training and travel site. Uh, But um, yeah, I would say follow me on Instagram. It's my name, Becky underscore Kagan underscore shot. And then, um, yeah, uh, that's that's the best way to, to find all the, the fun projects or adventures I'm going on, dives I'm doing and uh, articles I'm posting, so. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's great, it's really inspirational to yeah see such amazing images as well. And yeah, I'm sure it'll inspire a lot of other people.
2: I hope so. I mean, it's, it's certainly inspired me over the years seeing other people's photography and video work and it still continues to. Um, I am competitive, but at the same time, I love looking through like Instagram and seeing you know, friends or some people I've never even met before and go, wow, like they nailed that, that cave shot today. Like that is a gorgeous shot. And I think uh, lifting each other up is really important. I'm not afraid to like tell them that and say, you know what, that's a really amazing amazing picture. And um, you know, it's, I think that's important too.
1: That is important. And I think, um, you know, you should be in a place where you can recognize really good work and say, you know what, that is really good. Because I think it helps us improve. It help us, in, you know, get better. And um, I, I think uh, that's really important to do that. And it's good to hear you say that. So it's
2: Yeah, I mean, I know I would have, when I was first starting out, I know I would have loved that. Uh, social media was, I mean, we had like MySpace maybe, but I wasn't really <laughs> posting much on there back in the day. But I mean, I would have loved it if someone like Wes Giles reached out and was like, wow, you nailed that shot. or That's amazing. It would have just like, I would have been yeah. dancing and singing and on top of the world so um yeah I definitely think it's important to like you know tell others that they're they're doing a great job or or help them out because I know I appreciate it every, every time somebody's like oh that's a really great photo and I put a lot of effort into it and yeah. that's recognized so I, I like recognizing other people's work as well yeah
0: yeah and the powers of social media is just uh, endless now and it's it's a really great medium to share that information
2: yeah, it's a really great connection tool. Again, some some people you know as really good friends, others you've never met before. Yeah. But like you said earlier in the podcast, we're like we're like a family and that's another thing I really love about diving is that anywhere you go in the world, you probably know somebody from yeah. whether it's social media or, or anything like that. So, it's uh, that's kind of cool when you think yeah. about it. Yeah.
0: Now, you, well, you're an inspiration as well. So, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's been really really good to talk to you and uh yeah i'm sure there are lots of other adventures we can yeah have you back on the podcast and chat about yeah, that'd be, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. be really good to have you back yeah
2: Love to. Well, um, I don't know when you're going to air this, but around March, I'm going to be starting to post some really, really exciting stuff. A lot of the the work I just did diving in the glacier in Alaska and uh, my latest expedition to Antarctica, a lot of the video and, and more photos are going to be coming out in March. So I'm really, really excited to share some of that. And I'm in the process of writing a whole bunch of magazine articles for dive magazines about the different expeditions. So uh, those will probably be out more like June or July, but you're, you're definitely uh, going to start seeing some yeah, some of your photos
1: cool have been awesome that you've been sharing that, you know,
2: yeah.
1: really, some of the colors, the color blues and that have been brilliant, you know, so uh, yeah, thanks for sharing those.
2: Yeah, no, thank you for, thanks for watching. Nature, nature is amazing. I mean, yeah. I'd like to say I'm just, you know, if you dive these places yourself, you'll probably think less of me as a photographer because you'll go, oh, wow, they're just really beautiful. And I don't know, I, I feel it. And I want others to, to feel it yeah. through my pictures. So yeah. I'm glad yeah. that comes through. No, yeah brilliant. it's all
0: communication isn't it it's just another way to communicate and it's a great way yeah sure. yeah no it's been really lovely and yeah thank you for spending a bit of time with us and yeah i'm sure you'll okay. be an inspiration to our listeners yeah
1: new because we get a lot of new divers you know and it reinforces that message of once you learn you know especially with young people the there's no limits
2: there really aren't no you're absolutely right and if you are a new diver that is listening just, just keep diving. I mean, find a great club or group or other groups of divers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, then just like take another class because you're going to meet more people yeah. in the different courses that you take. And, and I think, you know, one of the saddest thing is when somebody just goes, Oh, I don't have anybody to dive with. So I just kind of stop diving, but there are so many passionate divers out there that Are happy to to go practice in a quarry or jump into the ocean or do a dive trip somewhere and so you just have to find find those people you know usually through your local clubs or now on on social media but you know don't don't give up because there there is some really really fun stuff and diving will bring you to places you never imagined that's for sure
1: yeah yeah well that's a great place to finish and uh, a positive message so we want to say thank you very much for coming on and giving us your time and we will be watching you uh, fondly to see, you know, see what you're doing. And we can't wait to see what, you, what, you know, what you're up to next. That'd be brilliant.
2: Thanks so much, Ian and Yeah.
0: All right.
1: Thank you very much. So should we talk about the car
0: first? Yep, yeah, let's go for it. So we're uh, sitting inside the Ford Cougar. It's the electric hybrid.
1: It is. Why are we doing that? Well, because um, we have a great relationship with our friends, uh, ford uk um Mm. and they like to um have been really supportive with us yeah Um,
0: we've had a ford raptor last
1: year -hmm. Um, yeah so we had the raptor which is awesome uh if you're looking for a pickup the ford raptor ranger raptor because that's awesome uh then we had the uh the nugget yeah we loved the nugget didn't we yeah so
0: that was a real versatile vehicle
1: yeah. Made yeah. a great um, camper van for diving.
0: Yeah, um, and exploring, really. Yeah, that was
1: great. I mean, really enjoyed that. Um, and we interviewed... Chris um, Christel in that, didn't we? Yeah, so in that was
0: really good. Cheddar Gorge,
1: yeah. 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 Um, and then they'd given us, because we wanted to look at uh, hybrid or electric vehicles to have something like that, to go to the Go Diving show in, we mm-hmm. thought, you know, it would be a great... Uh, thing to share about because look at the price of fuel. Mm. You know, fuel at the moment it's going up like nearly 20 pence a litre every week.
0: Yeah, you it know? shows that something is, yeah, uh, there are other options out there for well, travel Well, thank
1: goodness, because, you know, and we've got also to very quickly say, you know, our thoughts are with everybody's in Ukraine at the minute, you know, and the after, you know, we're all standing together to support them. Um, but the cost of that is, is that fuel is going up mm. and, um, you know, we've got to look at ways how we can offset this cost. You know, we go diving, don't we, and you've got the cost of the equipment, the cost of going diving, you know, and one of the things we've got to look at is, you know, what's a sustainable way of diving, uh, and is having an electric car, why you can do that?
0: Well, it's is that it's feasible, good, and it's good for you know the environment as well. We're not using fuel and pumping gases into the atmosphere. Yeah. We're...
1: So this particular car is the Cougar ST Line X Edition. It's got lots of bits and pieces in. We'll come to that in a minute. It's a two point five 8 PHDV, so it stands for electric vehicle, mm-hmm. um, and it's a hybrid. So you get that choice um, between petrol engine and electric charging. It'll charge while you're driving, which yes, is really cool.
0: dual purpose, which is really good. And I stuck
1: this on charge last night,
0: and it got,
1: uh, it's given a, a range of 36 miles. Mm. Now, uh, the other day I went from mine to CrossFit, which is an 18-mile trip, Yeah. did a CrossFit workout, and then turned around, come back. Mm-hmm. And I got nearly home on that. And I, had to, I only had to put a few miles of petrol. Yeah, so yeah. there's
0: definitely savings to be made.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, this car, um, I've got to say, um, what do we like about it? You know, it's comfortable. It's safe. You know, uh, the seats. Kids love the seats in the back. You yeah, can the recline the seats.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, honey loves the fact that it's got heated seats. She's not used to having heated seats in the back. Um, it's quiet, isn't it?
0: Yeah it's got lots of safety features on as well so cameras reverse oh, yeah, cameras that
1: would save the features, yeah yeah so airbags um you've got a collision alarm you've got um something that keeps you within the lane, lanes, lane, assist,
0: lane yeah, assist yeah lane assist and it is automatic so it's very easy to drive
1: yeah it's got a little spinny thing and you change between park <laughs> reverse neutral and drive
0: yeah, yeah and as a non automatic driver i found it really easy
1: seriously easy to drive um you know adaptive cruise control adaptive lights um automatic lights automatic uh, rain tents and wipers um it's it's got everything on, on there that you could possibly need um you know love the sunroof
0: yeah yeah it's well it is roomy it's comfortable so for a family car it's ideal i'd say yeah, so, yeah. It is. and if or if you've got dogs or you need to ferry a lot of gear around
1: for diving we perfect. got all our gear in didn't we we did so two yeah. people's gear and we we put the back seats down didn't we it's right forward yeah. put them down and we got all our dive gear in and we yeah. still had much room
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: all your handbags and things like that so
0: and one of the best things is it's a really quiet car to drive so even with the seats down and the parcel shelf off it was a quiet fact, car
1: that's how quiet it
0: is. We're not driving. No. It's just, we're no. just sitting. You, you can, can hear, hear the, the, the wind noise.
1: noise, it's really windy outside.
0: Yeah, it's windy and yeah, the waves crashing on the rocks.
1: But any dislikes?
0: No, not really. I'm used to driving a sports car, so this is kind of a sensible car to drive.
1: Very sensible.
0: So, but I can't say there's anything that i found that I dislike about it. This I've...
1: has been desi- you can see the, you know, it's doing 50 miles to the gallon, for mm. flip's sake, you know. That's how economical it is. It's doing fifty miles a gallon. If you're on a if you if you're a commuter, this would be really cool because you could do all the distance and then when you get to the city centre, you could swap it over into EV mode.
0: Exactly. And
1: yeah. you it it's start it's on the electric. It's like costing you fuel while you're standing still. Yeah. It's win win like that. So, so if I you look for a car, I would look this certainly up. look for this. Um Say it's the most exciting of drives.
0: Yeah, but not everybody needs an exciting drive. It's no, more, uh, uh, it's, it's, and, and it's um, what do you call it? It's it's just
1: practical. But for a family, you 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 couldn't do any better than getting this mm. car. Yeah. It's a big, great car, and, and a commuting car uh, that's got everything in it you possibly could want. Well, I can't think of anything. Can actually say, well, what's missing? You yeah. look at the sunroof.
0: Well, have a look at the Ford website, and then you can. Build your own car as well, and there is an option there where you can put in your current um, fuel costs and compare it to what this would. Offer, yeah,
1: absolutely. This car on the road right now, Gem, you can have with this colour, with all the bits and pieces that's got. Its model. Forty thousand. Mm. Which is, you know, that's medium, isn't it? Really. Well,
0: it's a quite a big vehicle. It so a,
1: you've got it's a you know, SUV, and you've got a massive list of stuff what's included. Mm. And I honestly, I honestly can't, you know, bang and awesome speakers.
0: Yeah, sound quality is really good.
1: You know, bang and awesome speakers. Uh, Apple Play, all the lot. Yeah. You know, so, uh, cup holders, everyone's, you know, we all like a cup holder, doesn't we? You know? So, yeah, um, I th- want to say thank you very much for Ford. Yep, That's absolutely. it has been no- another yeah. awesome car. And, um, have a look, go to the website, Order yours today.
0: Yeah, check check them out. So there's right. a, yeah.
1: So that's for cougar. So 106 years ago, it was the sinking of Shackleton's endurance. Yeah, it's amazing. So it? explorer, and um, you know this ship uh, he lost in the ice pack, and uh, you know, and we know what we know the story about Jackton and what happened to his team. Um, but this, they found it. They found mm. the ship. Very deep. Oh, yeah, three thousand meters
0: down, ten thousand feet. Yeah, oh, uh, but,
1: have you seen the video?
0: Yeah, it's incredible. It's just like just, it sunk yesterday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so um, just yeah. shows you how the the depths and the cold water can preserve these things.
0: Yeah, it's been down down there
1: over hundred years.
0: And it's something that will appeal to you know. You don't have to be a diver to take real interest in something like that. It's just an incredible. Well I think discovery.
1: what was quite amazing was it came out. Uh, when did it? When did it come out? Wednesday and yeah, midweek, yeah. And within, I'd say about an hour, there are so many people sharing and talking about it yeah. on social media, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. There's loads of people.
0: Mm. Well, it's you such know. an important thing. We and shared histori- it as well. Yeah, historically, it's yeah a big thing.
1: Yeah, really big. You know, uh, it's a shame is so deep.
0: Yeah, but then again, it's there to be preserved, isn't it? So it is. Yeah, because
1: yeah. you know, it'd be awesome to. Um, as a dive site to explore it, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's uh, out, of the, out of reach for most of us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the pictures were incredible. Cold.
1: So, coming up on the next episode, we've got Tim Lamont. Now, who, who's Tim Lamont? Now, Tim Lamont was all over the press and the the news um, in early December, like yes. like, a, like a rash, you know, suddenly exploded because Tim is a marine biologist and that, and he a scientist. He comes up about sounds of a reef. Do you remember the pops and whistles and
0: bangs of everything? That, yeah, that he hears underwater.
1: Yeah, so he's on. He's gonna be talking about the noise that fish make. Um, you know, and. Noise is a really important part of
0: diving. Yeah, so we hear about his scuba journey. I think he was a marine biologist first before he came became a diver. Yeah. And then he talks about, yeah, fish making noises with their swim bladder and farting, really.
1: Basically, yeah. yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so that's so tune next, in for that. That's the next episode. We're
1: going to listen to some fish farts. <laughs> that hasn't been yeah. said. So that's been said before on a podcast. No,
0: we'll have to get a recording. There
1: we go. <laughs> okay. So that was, until then, the big scuba podcast. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.